Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Here's one. All right. I'm going to read this one. But first, we should introduce our podcast. We should introduce our podcast. Are you a good witch or a bad bitch? Bad bitch, bad bitch. I've been a rebel all my life. We will not remain hidden figures. We have names. Oh, if this naughty to ruse your list, take your shoulders, take your hips, and let a lady confess I want to be best. I didn't kid you, did I? Well, now you know. Welcome to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Uh, this is a podcast about ladies. Yep. Pretty much. That's it. That's that. If you're here for that, welcome. Welcome. If you're not, you might get upset. <laughs> yeah. As some of our uh, iTunes reviewers seem to get upset sometimes. Actually, that... Hey, guys, review us on iTunes. We need some new reviews. I know we've been a little uh, spotty the last, you know, month and a half. It is not for lack of trying to put out podcast episodes. <laughs> We've recorded like four yeah. that we have not been able to release. Yeah. Um, and so we're, we're working, working on, it. on it. Yeah. We've had some technical difficulties that were not foreseeable, some weird audio issues. And, and then I know, got the flu. Yeah. Deanna got the flu. And we've been here several times trying to make it up to you and hopefully uh, third time's the charm. Yeah. I guess. That's, you know, knock wood on that. Knock on wood, fingers crossed. And um, yeah, we're, we're going to make this happen. So we're here again. It is a lovely Sunday evening in Brooklyn. We're drinking some tea. We are drinking some tea. We've eaten some dinner. Yes, it was delicious. We're ready to tell you about, you know, ladies. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. First, though, because apparently the Am I the Asshole and the Relationship Reddits are my new favorite things. Um, so you guys will just have to bear with me while I, you know, read you things from from these Am forums. I the asshole here? Am I the asshole? Usually you are if you have to ask, but sometimes not, which is interesting to come across those. Yeah. So this one is, um, I believe, from the Relationships Reddit. And the subject line is, I, 23-year-old female, need advice on how to introduce my new boyfriend, 27-year-old male, to my best friend's parent that I'm very close to and that I have previously been intimate with. Uh, <laughs> wait. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I picked it, because I was like, what is happening here? I have to know. But, okay. <laughs> yep. All right. So... She goes, okay, it's kind of a long story and hard to explain in a title, obviously. I'll try to keep it short and concise as best I can. Basically, several years ago, I was engaged. She's what? She's 23. Okay. okay. Um, I was engaged and my fiance died tragically. Uh, uh, but. Whoa. Oh, th I'm. It, this one might be fake. We'll see. I've already gone on a ride. <laughs> it's been years now, and I've come to terms with everything, but it, I was just newly starting to move on when I met my best friend, Sarah. Sarah and I got very close very quickly and went through many major life events together. Wait, this Along sounds with a fake. group of our friends. <laughs> At 23? What are you it's talking about? It's been years now, and I've moved on and everything. Like, what? And no, we've don't been through... What? Have you had therapy? But at the same time, like at 23, like I also completely get yeah, you talking like you this. Yeah, you kind of know everything when you're like yeah. 19 to 23. And yeah. Then 
you start going, oh, I really didn't know shit. Yeah. And everything feels like and a I fucking still lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At 32, I'm not sure I get anything anymore. I mean, 32 yet. <sighs> Stop jumping the gun. It's two months out. I, I've i been saying I'm 32 for like six months. And I, I, when I, when I turn 32, I'm going to start calling myself 33 because for whatever reason, that's what my brain does. I keep forgetting that I'm 31. I keep saying I'm 30. And then I'm like, wait, you no. and I have the opposite problem. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, so after a bit, Sarah introduced me to her parents. Now, this household is quite a lot. <laughs> they are a very open family and they share everything. Uh, what? Her parents are also very, very attractive people. I began jokingly flirting with her parents just to mess with Sarah. What? Just to mess with my friend, but it wasn't long before I noticed they were interested in the idea. Oh, I even call her father, quote, daddy on a regular nope. basis. I hate everything about this. <laughs> Several months of this pa- of all of this pass, I've basically become one of the family, but not at all like their daughter. Long story short, after a lot of flirting and a little alcohol, I had a threesome with Sarah's parents. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get some crap for that, and so will her parents, but everything was 100% consensual. It was a one-time thing. Sarah knows and is fine with it. No way. Enough backstory. No, she's not (laughs) fine with it. What? (laughs) I don't know. If you've been raised by parents who, like, do shit like that, you might be fine with it. I can't imagine being fine if my best friend had a threesome with my parents. I have no... I just have no idea. That is (laughs) insane. Enough backstory. Now it's been a couple months since that night, and I've started dating someone. He's super great and has dealt with all of my crazy crap pretty well, but I haven't told him about my night with Sarah's parents. I don't want to lie to him, but I don't know how to bring it up. He's met Sarah, but not her parents yet. It will happen eventually, though. Uh, Where did I go? Oh. It will happen eventually, though. We've only been dating about a month. Advice? Edited to add, I travel a lot. Sarah travels with me. But when I'm not traveling, I live with Sarah and her parents. No. And that's why he's got to meet her parents. Wow. I mean, you don't have... I mean... Wow. I, I... This is a quandary. You don't have to tell people about your previous sexual it's, encounters. It's not on you. Yeah. But, like... It's not your responsibility to... I mean, wow. Wow. I mean, is it only going to be weird because maybe they'll bring it up and then it'll be like, why didn't you tell me? That's what I want to know. Maybe they're so open that they just assume he would know because they assume she would tell him. Why did? I don't know, man. Anyway, thanks for going on that ride with me. (laughs) That was was what I wanted to read to you. I was engaged and he died. (laughs) Yeah. When was, were you 19? Were you 17? Were like, you 17? I mean, if it's died been years now, you sound like an old widow. Oh my God. It's been years and I've gotten over it. So strange. This is so strange. Anyway, well, I thought that would be a fun, you know. That's a, a fun ride. A palate cleanser uh-huh. from any negativity <laughs> into irreverence. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man. There it is. Are you a good witch or a bad bitch? 
Let us know by becoming a patron on, on our, our Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> oh no. Patreon is a service that helps content creators like ourselves keep the ship going and make sure that we're able to cover all the costs that uh, come along with doing our podcast. And the more patrons we get, hopefully the more content we can start creating exclusively oh, yeah. for patrons. Yes. So if you are interested in something like that, please become a patron so that we can start creating that content for you. Also, when you become a patron, you will get a shout out on our podcast and we will thank you personally on air. How exciting is that? Very exciting. Yeah, yeah. You can find us at patreon.com slash podcast. Do you have a lady to tell me about? I sure do. Okay, so uh, it is what, February 5th? Yes. Yes. So it is the first week of Black History Month. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit because did you know that GPS was basically invented by a black woman? What? I did not. But it's funny that you bring up an inventor because that was my first instinct was to look up inventors. I wasn't even looking up inventors. And she didn't invent anything. You'll see. Okay. But GPS, it's like how Hedy Lamarr basically created Wi-Fi. Okay, sort of like doing something else and accidentally. Okay, I'll let you tell You'll me. You'll see. Yeah, yeah. But what the fuck? Yeah. The, well, that was the thing is when I was looking up inventors, it's like, holy shit, we have, there are so many things we have today that we would not have without That we use black literally inventors. every day. Yes. Lyft, Uber, everything. Anyway. Amazing. Her, her name is Gladys West. All right. And my sources this week are Wikipedia, BBC, Cosmos Magazine, The Heroin Collective, Mental Floss, and WomenYouShouldKnow.net. So here we go. Gladys Mae West, nay Brown, was born in 1930 in Sutherland, Virginia in Didwitty County. Didwitty? Dinwitty. Oh Oh my God. (laughs) Quote, a real rural kind of place, as she (laughs) describes it. Rural. Oh my God. Um, Her mother worked at a tobacco factory. And her father was a farmer who also worked on railroads. Many of the families around them were sharecroppers, which this sounds like a bullshit job. Oh, yeah. Tenants of a farm who had to hand over a portion of their crops to the landowners. Yeah. A lot of a lot of slaves became sharecroppers in the wake of the Civil War. It was like it was like their it was like, here you go. This is how you can be an independent member of our society. But it's the same shit. Yeah. It's like serfs mm-hmm. in medieval whatever the fuck. Yep. Um, anyway, yeah. So they lived around a bunch of sharecroppers. Uh, her family had their own small farm, and she had to work in the fields with them when she was growing up. Quote, I guess I found that a little bit contrary to what I had in mind of where I wanted to go. <laughs> she was ambitious and didn't want to stay picking tobacco, corn, or cotton like the people she saw around her. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Neither did she want to work at the tobacco factory, beating tobacco leaves into pieces small enough for cigarettes and pipes. Quote, I thought at first I needed to go to the city. I thought that would get me out of the country and out of the fields, she says. But then as I got more educated, went into the higher grades, I learned that education was going to be the thing to get me out. Mm hmm. All right. So at her high school, this is crazy and awesome. The top two students of every graduating class received full ride scholarships to Virginia State University, which is... Used to, it was Virginia State College, I think, at the time. And it's a historically black public university. Oh, wow. Um, they just automatically get this the scholarship. Mm-hmm. 
That if is you amazing. Lived in the t- top two students of your class. All right. So, because her family didn't have a whole lot of money, she decided to work her ass off in school because she wanted to go to college. Fuck yes. And knew she couldn't afford to unless she got it full ride. Yeah. So um, she graduated in 1948 and graduated as class valedictorian. <laughs> so she was number one. God, I can you imagine, like, for me, being in high school, I kind of went, eh, fuck it, <laughs> about my own grades and whatnot. But, like, could you imagine so much riding on your grades and on, like, yeah. doing your homework yeah. and getting to that to that spot i can't i just cannot even imagine that kind of pressure yeah where like you it's well, basically I mean, the difference between getting an education and moving up the you know the chain career wise or staying in sharecropping fields or like you know on your family's farm yep <sighs> yep that's that's it's so much pressure it yeah. seems like makes me think about because when we we're in high school or whatever. We had a like a school of overachievers, like, you know, yeah, mid middle upper middle class suburban white kids. Yep, for the most part. Um, and I remember being upset because I was a perfectionist with grades and stuff, especially <laughs> back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a four point two GPA when I graduated from high school. I remember, and I was not even in the top ten percent. <laughs> That's insane of our graduating class. That's insane. I was the top 12, I think, but not, e- but like 4.2 GPA and not even the top 10. I think our valedictorian had like a 4.7 GPA. Jesus fucking Christ. She was a cool person, but like, Whoa. yeah. Anyway, so basically Gladys was a badass bitch in yep. charge. Goddamn. <laughs> like, I can't imagine where you just basically are thinking like, that's, this is my only option. Literally the only one. So I have to do it. So obviously she got a full ride scholarship to go to college. Good for her. And was initially unsure what she wanted to major in because she excelled at everything in high school. <laughs> oh, what a problem. I have to be the best at everything. Oh, shit. What but do I want to do? I actually want to do. <laughs> so she opted to major in math because of its difficulty. It meant that fewer people would be studying it. Yes. So she wanted to do something that would be harder. She wanted to challenge herself. And because she knew it wouldn't be inundated with people and that she would be uh, more valuable, I guess, as she left because fewer people had degrees in math. Yeah. And chances are she was natural enough at it. Clearly. That it wasn't going to. Because for me, like, doing math is a fucking emotional trauma. Yeah. Like, it creates, it complicates my life i hate it so much and i had bad teachers too. but you and i are like english people yes like we are good at literature and reading and writing stuff yes exactly (laughs) but that's i think the other reason why i love doing episodes like this where we talk about math and science brains brains because it's like i can't even what but these she just goes i'm gonna major in math because it sounds hard (laughs) what because there's not many people doing what i think I could be doing. And also, of course, math is mostly, I think still to this day, a subject that is predominantly male. Absolutely. Studied by mostly men. Yeah. And definitely was in her time. Yep. Quote, you felt a little bit different. You didn't quite fit in as you did when you were in home economics. You're always competing and trying to survive because you're in a different group of people. Wow. Wild. And while she was in college, she also became a member of the Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority. 
which comes into play later. Oh, all right. So she graduated in 1952 with a Bachelor of Science in Mathematics. The few female classmates that she did have mostly went on to teach. That was the the main thing that a lot of women who got college degrees would go do. Right. So after she graduated, she taught math and science for two years in Waverly, Virginia, but then decided to return to VSU to complete her Master's of Mathematics degree in Hmm. 1955. So that's three years later. Um, And afterwards, she briefly took another teaching position in Martinsville, Virginia. But because she had a master's degree in math, that meant she had significant opportunities elsewhere. And so in 1956, she moved on to work at a naval base in Dahlgreen, Virginia, which is now called the Naval Surface Warfare Center. So she basically was a human computer for them. Aha! We know all about that. Uh Uh-huh. Um, she was the second black woman ever hired there. Damn. And only one of four black employees. Ugh. God. Quote, I carried that load around, thinking I had to be the best that I could be, always doing things just right to set an example for other people who are coming behind me, especially women. I strived hard to be tough and hang in there the best I could. Yeah. That's, it's just so oh, funny God. that she strived to hang in there the best she could, and she worked there for decades. Decades. So she was clearly doing great. Oh, but, God. Um, despite the fact that this was a period when racial segregation was the norm and racism and sexism ran rampant, Gladys was able to accomplish quite a great deal during her time at the Naval Surface Warfare Center. God, that's a mouthful. Yes, <laughs> it is. I try not to say it too many times. <laughs> You're doing great. You're I, doing I edited great. my notes. Um, <laughs> so she was a programmer for large scale computers and a project manager for data processing systems used in the analysis of satellite data. Whoa. Mm-hmm. What does satellite data look like? It's oh, pictures of the me. planet. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Duh. She would collect and process data from said satellites using the data to help determine their exact location. Mm. We would come in and sit at our desks and we would logic away, go through all the steps anyone would have to do to solve the mathematical problem, she explained. Wow. Then she would work with programmers on the functions the massive computers needed to do. Concurrently, she earned a second master's degree in public administration from the University of Oklahoma. What? How was she able to do that? When did she have fucking time? And she was in Virginia. So how was she getting a degree from the University of Oklahoma? But she fucking did it. So now she has two master's degrees. Fucking insane. And a bachelor's what degree. What the fuck? All right. Yep. God, I feel like an underachiever now. <laughs> uh-huh. And she was valedictorian. Fuck you. <laughs> in the early 1960s, she participated in an award-winning astronomical study that proved the regularity of Pluto's motion relative to Neptune. Okay. Yeah. So she was also like, I'm going to dabble in some astrophysics while I'm here. Well, it's all the same thing. It's It's all all math. math. It's all math. Yeah. So obviously at the same time that Gladys was doing all this work as a mathematician, it was the time that the civil rights movement was gaining ground. Right. Um, And... Uh, of course, we all know that it challenged racism across the country, and it was very powerful. And more than a quarter million people like marched to the Lincoln Memorial to listen to King's "I Have a Dream" speech. Yep. But Gladys's work kind of isolated her from the civil rights movement. Oh, because she was working for the government. Oh, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, I bet that was true for a lot of black employees then the hidden figures working for nasa and all that and mm -hmm. 
So she says it turned out to be somewhat separate for us because we were working for the government and we couldn't do a whole lot of participating in non-government activities off base. Oh, man. We lived on the base and we didn't communicate too well with the community that was around us. We didn't get involved with it, partly because it wasn't safe because of our job to do that. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. And and sad, I assume, for her, just if that was ever something she wanted to do or even Who wanted to be able to entertain, like mm-hmm. the fact that keeping your job, that you worked so, I mean, harder than any other fucking person in the country has worked for their fucking shit. I'm swearing a lot. Uh, <laughs> you know, like you worked, you worked so beyond hard on what you've got now. And then to see that movement happening and not be able to be involved, I imagine... Not being able to participate when you're yeah. you're such a powerful example of things that can be accomplished Ugh. for women, for the black community, for, you know, all these doubters who think that women and, and black people couldn't do stuff like that. Right. And I don't want to assume that she wanted to have anything to either. do with that, but... I don't either, but... I, bet I think her hard. mere presence there was pretty revolutionary. Agreed. Though her story has been kind of hidden for a while. Yeah. So yep. it's only revolutionary now that people know who she is and that right. she exists. Yep. Not long after she started working at the base, she fell in love with the man who had become her husband. Aww. His name was Ira West, and he was one of her two male black colleagues. Ah. So there were four black people working there, and one of them would become her <laughs> husband. Oh, shit. Uh, they got married, started a family, and have been together for more than 60 years now. Oh. Because mm-hmm. Gladys is still alive. I was going to say, like. She's 90 years old. She's still alive. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So after her Pluto-Neptune study, she began to analyze data from satellites, um, putting together altimeter models of the Earth's shape. Whoa. She became project manager for the CSAT radar altimetry project. The first satellite that could remotely sense oceans. Oh. She consistently put in extra hours, cutting her team's processing time in half and, and was recommended for a commendation in 1979. Did she for get her efforts. any like overtime? Probably. Paid for that? I'm oh, sure. God, I hope so. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Cut her team's processing time in half. In half. Because her math brain was so good. How big was her team? Do we know? How many people? No. Like single-handedly cutting the processing time of your entire team. That's insane. Um, From the mid-1970s through the 1980s, she programmed an IBM computer to deliver increasingly precise calculations to model the shape of the Earth, an ellipsoid with irregularities known as the geoid. Generating an extremely accurate model required her to employ complex algorithms to account for variations in gravitational tidal and other forces that distort Earth's shape. Her data ultimately became the basis for the global positioning system known as GPS. Aha! Her data became the basis for that because her algorithms were so concise and took into account so many things that other people hadn't thought of. And she was clearly very invested in that project. Clearly. So if she's if she's putting in so much time that the rest of her team only has to do half the work that they would have, she's putting in the majority of the work. Yeah, oh yeah. Like single-handedly. Yep. Amazing. In 1986, she published data processing system specifications for the Geosat satellite radar altimeter. Ooh, my favorite read of the year. (laughs) A 51-page technical report (laughs) from the NSWC. 
Uh, naval surface weapons. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> the mouthful. Yeah. The guide Got was it. published to explain how to increase the accuracy of the estimation of geoid heights and vertical deflection. Important components of satellite geodesy. Oh, my God. What? That was a word I had to look up how to pronounce. I was, <laughs> I was like, going to ge- say. Geodesy? Geodesy? Which is how a- do you spell that? G-E-O-D-E-S-Y. Oh, all right. How it sounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is basically about figuring out the Earth's shape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, it was achieved by processing the data created from the radio altimeter on the Geosat satellite, which went into orbit on March 12th, 1984. Uh, yes, of course. How else would you do it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So she worked at Dahlgren for 42 years. Wow. And retired in 1998. Damn. After retiring in her 80s, and after suffering a stroke, which affected her hearing, vision, balance, mobility, and mm-hmm. left her feeling miserable, she had an epiphany. Mm. Quote, all of a sudden, these words came into my head. You can't stay in the bed. You've got to get up from here and get your PhD. Oh. oh. <laughs> so in her 80s, after suffering a stroke, she decided to go get her PhD and she fucking did it in public administration. Oh, my God. You know, it's funny because I thought you were going to say, like, I had an epiphany that, like, I can finally take a break and and rest now. But that's not in her nature. Clearly. That's not what makes her happy. What makes her happy is the work. (laughs) Yeah. She she would not be putting in all that extra time. There's no, like, what, you really have to want a PhD (laughs) just for the, you love the educational aspect of it and the research and putting the work in. If you're in your 80s, what are you, trying to set a foundation so you can get a great job for the rest of your life? (laughs) She just wanted to do it. She just wanted to know. God, that is not what I thought you were going to say. she's already retired. She's already retired. (laughs) So, Wow. And apparently, too, she also had a breast cancer diagnosis a few years ago, and she's, like, oh. fighting that. Oh, my God. I don't know where she's at there, but... Gladys! She's a fucking trooper, that's for sure. And a workaholic. Mm. Her vital contributions to GPS technology were rediscovered when a member of her sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha, mm. read a short biography that she had submitted for an alumni function. Are you fucking kidding me? So she wrote her own little thing like, this is the work I've done. And one of the sorority (laughs) members, current day sorority members, just from a few years ago, was like, "Uh, excuse me, this woman's amazing. How do we not know her? That's like the astronomer. Yes. Who worked at Harvard. Yes. Who used to be, and I, fuck, I'm the worst with names. I can see her face. But yes, like, and and her work was only discovered. Wilhelmina Fleming. Yes, Wilhelmina Fleming. Woo! Well done. You're so much better about that than I am, but... Yeah, her work was only discovered a hundred years after the fact well, when someone least was Gladys digging is still around. Alive to experience someone else going, what, what, what? <laughs> huh? So this? since then, she was inducted into the United States Air Force Hall of Fame in 2018. Aww. which is one of the highest honors that you can get from oh, the Air amazing. Force. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain Godfrey Weeks, commanding officer at the NSWC, Dahlgren Division, described the role played by Gladys in the development of GPS. Quote, she rose through the ranks, worked on the satellite geodesy, and contributed to the accuracy of GPS and the measurement of satellite data. As Gladys West started her career as a mathematician at Dahlgren in 1956, she likely had no idea her work would impact the world for decades to come. She agreed, (gasps) saying she had no idea at the time her work would affect so many. Quote, when you're working every day, you're not thinking, what impact is this going to have on the world? You're thinking, I've got to get this right. Yeah. 
That's so true. Yep. Yep. Despite her tremendous contribution to technology and society, aside from being recommended for that commendation in 1979 until very recently, her work went largely unrecognized and unheralded. And oh, thank man. God that has changed. And since then, articles have been written about her in the local press. She was selected by the BBC as one of their 100 women of 2018. Damn. Students have done class reports on her, and she has been officially recognized by the Virginia State Senate. A joint resolution commended her for trailblazing her career in mathematics and for vital contributions to modern technology. Wow. And God damn. I'm just going to end with a quote of hers. Please do. It says, we've made a lot of progress since when I came in. Because at least you can talk about things now and be a little more open. Before you sort of whispered and looked at each other or something, but now the world is opening up a little bit and making it easier for women. But they still got to fight. Yes, they do. She still continues to prefer using a paper map over a tracking system, saying she still trusts her brain above all. I would absolutely trust her brain above all. If I was her, yeah. I don't trust my brain. No. Above all. No, I trust her brain. Her, she, she is a computer. Yeah. She's a human computer. She's a human computer. And I feel like, yeah, the, you can't trust anything else when you are the most accurate thing in the fucking room. I just, like, how, we, women have done so much. What's crazy to me is that, like, even she didn't consider the value of her own contribution, really, until someone discovered her bio and went like hey did you know that that this is a big deal this is a big deal like you did some major shit because if she knew she would i mean maybe that's maybe this is just making assumptions but i feel like if i knew the value of my contributions i feel like i would at least want to say something about it Mm but I, she uh, she clearly never had any hubris about what she was doing. It was it was the work. Yeah, and basically Google Maps owes its life to a black woman, so. Ha ha. Damn straight. Isn't that wild? It's amazing. But it's not wild. I mean, it's like wild. It is and it isn't. It's wild that we don't know. It's wild that we and that we don't know. And of course everything is like a, a an aggregate of of teamwork and contributions from everyone. But, like, come the fuck on. Yeah, I don't think you can argue. She cut her team's processing time in half (laughs) because she was such a good mathematician. Oh, God. And would just stay and do math for fun. Uh, I'm so impressed. I'm I'm impressed. That's the thing that impresses me single-handedly is that she went, (laughs) what should I do? I'm good at everything. I'll just (laughs) do math because that seems hard. There will be less people doing it. Oh, God. I love that. So that's Gladys West. Gladys. Dr. Gladys West. Dr. Gladys West. Fuck yes. Thanks, dude. You're welcome. That was good. I'm going to use this Google map to get home. (laughs) JK, I know how to get home from your house. Oh, yeah? You sure? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think so. Oh, that's good. Do you want some on this day? I would love some. Okay. uh, We'll see how this goes. (laughs) Um, So it's February 5th and AD 62 earthquake in Pompeii, Italy. Oh, which pop like the yeah. the Mount Vesuvius' eruption was in like seventy nine, so this was probably like a pre rumbling rumble. Sixteen forty nine, Charles Stuart, son of King Charles the First, is declared King Charles the Second of England and Scotland by the Scottish Parliament. Oh, that's gonna cause some problems. Uh huh. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, 1778, South Carolina becomes the second state to ratify Articles of Confederation. That's cool. Yikes. 
1783 in Calabria, a sequence of strong earthquakes begins. Can we not? More earthquakes? Can we not with the earthquakes? 1807, HMS Blenheim and HMS Java disappear off the coast of Rodriguez. (gasps) Oh, no. What the hell happened to them? It's your boat thing. I know. Ugh. You and your boats. 1849, University of Wisconsin-Madison's first class meets at Madison Female Academy. I don't really know what that means, but okay. Me neither. But there's the word female in there. There is. It's right up our alley. It's on brand. On brand. (laughs) Did you like that voice? No. (laughs) I hated it. 1869, the largest alluvial gold nugget in history called The Welcome Stranger is found (laughs) in Victoria, Australia. Oh, okay. Oh, fun. 1885, King Leopold II of Belgium establishes the Congo as a personal possession. Dis mine now, tank. Oh. Like, yeah, that's how that works. Well, I forgot that that's how it works for white people. Ay, ay, ay. Mm. Belgium. Fun. Get it together. Apparently they think they did. <laughs> or thought they did. 1909, Belgian chemist Leo Bacalund announces the creation of Bacalite, the world's first synthetic plastic. Ooh. Oh. Like, Bakelite? Isn't that what it was? Bakelite? Sure. Thanks. I have no idea. His name? Oh, his name is... It's spelled weird, but having it be Bakeland makes sense. Hi. <laughs> All right. Now that I sound like a real idiot, let's keep going. I'm no, not I even, could be totally I'm wrong. I'm not even redoing it. <laughs> 1913, Greek military aviators Michael Mutusis and... This Greek name? It's Greek, man. Aristides Maritinus. Okay. Perform the first naval air mission in history. Oh. Weird. Wait, what year? 1913. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. 1918, SS Tuscania is torpedoed off the coast of Ireland. It's the first ship carrying American troops to Europe to be torpedoed and sunk. Mm. 1919, Charlie Chaplin, Mary Pickford, Douglas Fairbanks, and D.W. Griffith launch United Artists. Talked about that? We sure have. Have we talked about that like f- in full context? Um, I don't think so. You know what? One of these days, I'm gonna do Francis Marion, and we'll talk about that in its full yes. context. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> 1958, a hydrogen bomb known as the Tybee bomb Uh-oh. is lost by the U.S. Air Force oh. off the coast of Savannah, Georgia, never to be recovered. <gasps> What? Now you get my face. We lost a fucking nuke? Huh? In Savannah. The Tybee bomb, because Tybee Island is is off of Savannah. Like, I was there all the time. So it's really only a matter of time before something blows us up. Whether it's Chernobyl or apparently the bombs in the ocean. (sighs) Yeah. Wow. Wow, guys. Yep. A plus. 1962, Ugh. French President Charles de Gaulle calls for Algeria to be granted independence. Cool. All right. Yeah. I think Caroline's family were uh, French people who lived in Algeria. Oh. Yeah. Fascinating. What, yeah. And they like came back. It's uh, There's like a, you can get this if you want to, but like it's something called, it, she tells me that it's like French pe- white French people who consider themselves to be Algerian at some point are called Blackfeet. Whoa. I don't really know why or what that means, but. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, There's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) There is a lot to unpack there. (laughs) 
1971, astronauts land on the moon in the Apollo 14 mission. That's today? Yeah. Ah, amazing. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot that happens in February, apparently. February is a good month. A lot of massacres, a lot of earthquakes, a lot of torpedoes and ship sinking. Oh, and so maybe it's a it's a chaotic month. It's a little bit chaotic, yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to go through birthdays. Don't even. Okay, because I there, never there do. was a lot there. I never do. I never remember. There's... You always remember, and I don't. Well, just because. Oh, okay. It's Laura Linney's birthday. <gasps> oh, happy we birthday, like Laura, Laura Linney. Linney. And that's all I'm gonna. That's all I'm gonna. Happy birthday, Laura. Yeah. Aw. She is a, a good old Aquarius. Uh oh. I have so Which... many Aquarians in my life. And and we had this conversation recently, right? Yeah. Aquarians are not water signs. They're air signs. Is that correct? I don't remember if they're air signs, but I think so. I know that they're not water signs because Pisces are water signs. And Pisces come right after it. Which means Aquariuses, to me, seem a little contrarian. And I'm not sure I'm into that. LOL. <laughs> what are you excited about? Well, it's technically not happening until after our next episode, but because we're going to be talking about what you're excited about next time, I'm going to say uh, we're having our KT Literary Retreat uh-huh. um, at the end of February, and I'm very excited for that. Because we get to Literary Retreat. What does that entail? Well, KT Literary does a retreat for for and with our clients every like year and a half. Oh, so it's just like a party. Basically, but we we do like some breakout work, you know, sessions because the thing is, we have a few different agents at KT Lit and we all kind of have our own like specialty, I guess. Like I'm very much on the editorial side, like I'm an I'm a pretty editorial agent and I do a lot more like literary stuff on the YA and the adult side. Yeah. Sarah Megabo, for example, does a lot more. She's she's much more in tune with like the numbers and the you know the the marketing and the bookstores and things like that. Um, math. And she, yeah, she's the math guy, <laughs> and um, she does a lot more like big commercial stuff, like Red, White, and Royal Blue, is oh. her book. Okay. She's got. She just has a really good eye for shit like that. And um, you know, Kate has. She's got a good eye for like commercial romantic sorry there are sirens um they're coming closer they're coming closer but i'm gonna keep going anyway haha <laughs> um you know the big stuff like she uh let it snow on netflix oh yeah is hers yeah. she's got maureen johnson and um etc cetera, etc cetera. so we we take the chance to like bring that to all of the clients of KT, which is really nice because it means that Sarah's clients can talk to me about certain things that they can talk to her about, but maybe I would give them a different perspective and, you know, so and on and versa. so forth. Yeah. And so, and then we do little workshops and, and then, you know, we do meals together and there's a pool and cocktails and yeah, it's great. Yeah, that sounds awesome. It's awesome. And I think we're like the only literary agency that does that. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> Which, I mean. Because it seems useful. It's super useful. I think, uh, you know, our clients come away not just with like, it's not just that they get to talk to the other agents. It's that they get to make friends with 
the other clients and like they come away with writing partners and critique partners and you know buds that they didn't have before yeah and that's really valuable too because everybody needs a fucking critique partner when you're a writer and who better than somebody who's writing in your genre with your agent and or your agency yeah that's great so where is it well maybe you don't have to this year we're in austin Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah 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 yeah. yeah! 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 I knew this. So I'm super excited about that. Also because I tacked on a few extra days, so Ben and I can have a short vacay. But yeah, that's what I'm excited about. <laughs> that's it, and that's our show. Thanks for watching. Uh huh. That if that's how you do it, I don't and know how. If you're but synesthetic. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Tell us what color this episode is, or. What, what you sound see. or yeah i don't know how it works clearly i'm being um inconsiderate antagonistic and antagonistic so follow I'll us on social media follow us on social media um thank you by the way to the person who bought us a lot of copies on ko-fi this last week yeah which i forgot to tell you about no um, you did not di- i didn't no. okay good because that was awesome so thank you and we in you know on in that vein we have a ko-fi it's ko-fi.com slash gwbb podcast mm-hmm. if you are interested in buying us a coffee um sometimes that's nice it helps us with keeping our website going and all of the things that go into podcasting we also have patreon patreon.com slash gwbb podcast correct and we're on social media all over the place at GWBB Podcast. And if you are so inclined, please leave us a review. We could use some new 2020 reviews. It would be really nice. Some of that fresh review life. Some of that fresh review life. And uh, I think that's it. Yep. So I'm going to say peace out, witches. Until next time. Until next time. You've been your hosts. <laughs> Thank you and good night. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is hosted by Deanna Greif. Me. You. And you. <laughs> Hannah Ferguson. And we're produced by Benjamin Garst. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Google Play. Google Play. Pretty and much more. anywhere you listen to your podcasts, you can find us there. We're also on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, GWBB Podcast. You can also email us at gwbbpodcast at gmail.com. We love to receive emails. If you have a story about a woman in your life that you want to hear on air, uh, shoot it over to us. We would love to read it. If you want to help keep us running, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash gwbbpodcast. <laughs> Become a patron and help us you know, pay for our hosting. Yeah, Patreon really helps content creators be able to continue to create their content. And it just kind of helps us break even on the costs of producing this podcast. And it would be really awesome if you wanted to help out. If you like it, you can be a part of it. Also, to help us out, you can rate, review, and subscribe. All of, the, all of those things are extremely helpful for us. They help other listeners find us. Yeah. Word of mouth, also good. Yeah. (laughs) Our website is gwbbpodcast.com. You can find all of our episodes there as well as some other things bubbling out of our witchy cauldron. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is powered by Moon Bounce. Bounce.